Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Cattlecast. Today we will be talking to George Brownlee from the Farm Vet Systems, or perhaps better known for Vet Impress, as he discusses his career path to this point and how data is involved on farm and used by the day-to-day life of the modern farm vet. So then, George, over to you. Hi, Kat. It's lovely to be talking to you today. My name is George Brownlee and I am the CEO and founder of a company called FarmVet Systems Limited. And I set that business up around 2010. I am a vet by training and by experience in trade and, and have spent around 10 years in practice in my career before starting this business. That's, that's quite an interesting story. What made you go into that after being a vet? Well, <laughs> I really love being a vet and I still say that I could go back to it. I'm not sure how true that is if it was truly tested because I know that being a vet and I was a farm animal vet for really most of that time, mixed practice really, although I don't think I ever did a cat's bay. That's my claim to fame. And I did more GDV operations uh, than I did anything else. You know, so it was really the emergency out of our stuff and a bit of consulting on the small animal side. And my day-to-day was on the farm animal team. I suppose that's what I came from because I was a farmer's son, lived on a farm before going to university. And that's really where my heart is in terms of wanting to be a vet and the, the kind of work that I enjoy. I really love working with farmers. That's, you know, being out on farm, I, I get on well, generally speaking, with the, the vast majority of them. I suppose you just have that knowledge of what to talk to them about. and It's, it's quite an unusual position, isn't it? The farm vet sort of talking business to business and having that relationship with those farmers. Yeah, it, it certainly is. I know as part of the practice from quite early on, I was given quite a lot of freedom to push on the things that you felt need pushed on in the practice. So certainly as soon as I've got my feet under me with doing a bit of routine work and bits of training sessions, you know, the, the odd day away on a, on a training course here and there, either around fertility or bull fertility or mastitis or something like that, bringing that back into the practice and then using that in my everyday and encouraging uh, the clients that I had got closest to to work with me on those things do some routine work together and it was really through that that embryo of this business was created I suppose because I found myself wanting to have more information about the animals that I was seeing and about the farms that I was more specifically looking after in order to do my work and I think that really combined with something that I hear from a lot of farm animal vets which is a sense that our value is really hard to explain to our farm clients. We find that we are uh, going onto the farm doing quite similar things on a day-to-day basis, and it's quite easy to fall into that routine, but yet not to be really demonstrating to the client what it is that we're bringing as value to them and to their business every time that we visit. And I certainly felt that if I had more access to information about the animals that I was looking after, that I could, first of all, do more for the practice business in terms of maybe seeing more animals per visit, demonstrating to the farmer why certain treatments were needed or what the best uh, options were and really help the farmer understand why 
the practice and I had a value uh, in terms of what was going to land as the vet bill with them later in the month. And on top of that, then, of course, being a big part of what we want to do, showing the farmer and making sure that our treatments were the best ones, the best decisions to make. I had that sense that that I think a lot of vets have of my personal impact and my personal value being somehow related to what the clients perceive my value to be and the value of their vet and the vet profession generally in their business. And if you are constantly seen as a cost and therefore a nuisance in some fashion and an unnecessary cost, that can have a certain impact on you personally. It really does bring a sense of, well, whose job is it to bring out that value? And I think even for my own parents as farmers, when the vet bill lands on the mat at home, they are sometimes surprised when they open it and go, oh, you know, what did we really get for that money? I suppose I realized through all of that, that it's not really the farmer's job to work that value out. They are the receiver or the listener. It's our job as vets, as to some extent guardians of our profession, but also of our personal value to communicate to all of our clients, probably whether they're farmers or small and other clients or what they are, what it is that we're bringing to that situation and not just to, on a daily basis, go about what we're doing, assuming that that value is known. Yeah, no, that whole thing of selling our services is something I think a lot of vets shy away from, but it's interesting how you bring in that sort of mental health well-being aspect. I think that's one that's often not brought across as much, particularly from the, the farm vet point of view you know I think we shy away from trying to sell extra services presuming clients won't want them or won't like them yeah we see so many people getting to four or five six seven eight years uh, in practice and feeling that they've done everything seen everything and certainly getting that little bit sort of fed up with what they're doing not seeing that value not feeling that value for themselves every day that they get up to go to work And I do think it is an important aspect of it. How can we sort of step back from that a little bit and realize the value that we are bringing, then start talking about it with our clients and perhaps through that essentially remind ourselves of that just because you're PDing a cow, that actually that that is resulting in quite a number of good things happening, uh, whether it be for that animal itself, it's getting back into healthy state and into production and doing what it's there for, for the farmer's business, obviously, keeping all all those metrics right, but then also right out to the fact that that farm is now producing more from less through your work and through your advice. Therefore, every angle of sustainability and greenhouse gas, nitrogen, everything that you can think of in terms of maximizing and helping our consumers understand the impact that vets have on that entire uh, food production system. And actually that a farm animal vet has a hugely important role to play uh, for all all of society. That's really something that I've brought across into this business that I set up around the end of 2010. One thing that has never changed throughout that is that our why is we really believe that a farm animal vet has a very important job to do. So everything that we do within our organization, within our company is in order to help farm animal vets achieve what they need to achieve so that they can communicate this value, so that they can make the best decisions, so that they can do great work, feel a sense of their personal impact on all of these good things and continue to have happy, healthy working lives. 
So you said there about the company, uh, what was that based around and how did you make the leap, I guess? Quickly is actually one of one of the aspects of it, really through just through the, that daily work of, of working with clients and wanting to have more access to data, wanting to bring more value to the client. I started to realize that it was actually quite difficult thing for farm animal vets to achieve. The data that you are after in order to support your work is contained in so many disparate fragmented sources right across the industry. There is data under your control in the vet practice, such as within your practice management system or on lab results, but quite often that's not very easily accessible. The PMS is often there just to do the job of producing the accounts and the invoicing, and the data that's inside isn't often used for other things. Lab results perhaps come in on Excel files or PDF files or well, when I started, it was fax machine. So <laughs> is that show made? And that data is stuffed into a filing cabinet after you've used it and really goes to waste, except you have a very boring summer afternoon that you're really looking for something to do. So that's the data that you have under your control. Then there's a load of data that you have to beg, steal and borrow to have access to, whether it's milk recording data, data from the farm itself in uh, robots or farm management softwares or the explosion of sensors that that there has been on farms um, over the last 10 years. Now, now of course, even systems that aren't necessarily attached to either the cow or the milking parlour, cameras and and other systems like that that are through AI uh, generating data on the farm. And third-party data generated by either services to the vet practice like the veterinary laboratory or services to the farm, such as milk recording organizations, generating data, perhaps for their own purposes, for their own business, but something that you can leverage if you can get your hands on it. But for your top 20 clients, they're using 50 different things. Uh, So how do you as a vet have enough time, enough chargeable time, let's say, enough time that you, you can place a value on in order to get on top of all of that? And we have a number of tools, uh, you know, uh, some some tools that have been around for many years that are really great, uh, great tools. Uh, things like Interherd, um, Interherd Plus, I suppose, uh, Herd Companion, Total Vet, etc. There are tools for dairy sector in particular. But I was in a, quite a mixed practice. We did have some large dairies. We had many other farm clients of all sorts, and I really felt that a lot of those tools at that stage, anyway. They sat in the practice and you went to them to do something and you perhaps printed some reports out and then you went out to the farm to discuss those. And I didn't necessarily feel that it was either in the farmer's vision enough to see what it was that you were doing. You could spend quite a bit of time in the back of the practice doing that kind of thing, but you couldn't charge for it. And it wasn't very obvious to the farmer what you'd done on their behalf or else they were disconnected from what what the farmer is currently using in terms of other technologies, other farm softwares. And what I really felt that I wanted was something that would capture all of this data, the the practice management system data, the data that I had collected when I was on farm, the data that my colleagues had collected whenever they were on the same farm, the veterinary laboratory results, etc. So I suppose what we really set out to do was to make one system that would handle as much of that as we could possibly get our mitts on and uh, perhaps somewhat naively <laughs> because that's quite a bit to do. No, you definitely set, you set yourself up for a challenge uh, there, but I guess 10 years on, uh, how's it progressed in that time? 
initially I had applied for a, a local sort of, we'll say business program or business grant and had brought the idea to that without being in any way disparaging to the others who were uh, on those, that kind of course, the instructor of the course said, oh, you know, we're used to seeing more localized businesses, maybe a taxi company or hairdressers or something, you know, somebody who wants to set up a business there, just as valuable in, in many ways, perhaps earning more than the vet. But, you know, he said, your proposal probably needs a bit more unpacking. So he sent me off to another organization which administers some European money for creating businesses. And they had a a business course that was running at that time and they put something like 120 businesses in at one end of it and 12 of us survived about six months later so those 12 founders to succeed on that course and as I mentioned that quite quickly actually led to a dramatic reduction in my amount of time in the practice because I had got the bug off it I suppose I had the enough of an idea of it and enough of a feeling that there was a business in behind it that was worth pursuing so I pretty much immediately dropped my hours down to one day a week in the practice, which is more just to help the practice uh, as they went to find another vet, which they very successfully did, to, to replace me with. So, you know, the, the practice moved on quite smoothly with that transition, and I was able to go completely to this business. The one thing that probably shouldn't have been easy about that, and looking back, back perhaps wasn't, was uh, I quite quickly changed my salary scale. Uh, down from you know full-time vet to nothing practically the course that I was on did have a small amount of grant funding that enabled a few months of having having something coming in but I would certainly say that part of building the business and having to earn your own money uh, from it particularly a business of this type where we were having to build a lot of technology and put money into building a lot of technology in order to get the business going it did put a lot of pressure on uh, on the financial side However, 10 years later, yes, we have succeeded in the sense that we have lots of farm animal vets across the UK using our kit, not just the UK now, but also Ireland, Netherlands, Belgium, France, Germany, and a few other places like Australia, where a few vets have picked up the software. A lot of that success, I suppose, has come in the last four years where after doing a partnership with a company that will be known to a lot of farm animal vets, which is Vetikino, we were able to get access to more colleagues and more territories. So I now have, you know, at the other end of the phone, essentially, the ability to lift the phone to a vet or uh, someone who's worked in the veterinary sector for uh, Vetikino in nearly any country in the world and say to them, can you tell me who are your top five vet practices and who are the forward-thinking vets in those practices? And could you set me up a meeting with them? And could you also come to the meeting to help me translate or something like that? And, you know, the ability to have access to colleagues like that has certainly accelerated our growth in the last four years. So I suppose the bit in between uh, is the bit to talk about, uh, which is getting from leaving the vet practice job uh, to having a business that just about either managed to pay me a bit or rewarded me in some fashion towards the end of that. And as I mentioned, that was certainly tough. There's a lot of blood, sweat, tears and resilience of some sort that went into that process. Plenty of months without financial reward out of it. And at the same time, having to keep both staff motivated because we'd started to build a team and not show your concerns to them. And at the same time, be out there every day with vets 
who we were genuinely trying to help, but entertaining all of the objections that vets would come with to what we were trying to do. And vets are exceptionally good at objections. Yeah, no, I can definitely agree with that. If there's an excuse in there or an objection, uh, the vets will definitely find it. So here we are then in uh, 2023. Why do you think your product really helps is key at this time with all these opportunities and challenges coming your way? I think when I started this, uh, let's say 10 years ago, roughly, a lot of the vets that I spoke to said nice things like, we can see what you're doing. We see where you're going. We understand the need of it, but we're probably five years away from that. And at that time, a bit like now, the question was, or the objection was quite often, if you could find me another vet in the meantime, then I might have more time to think about this kind of thing. And, you know, that fair enough in running a vet practice business, that's one of the huge challenges. And I get that and sympathize with that situation. I would say I haven't heard that for the last five years. And I think as we've seen various things change within the industry, things like antimicrobial use coming under question and our farmers coming to us asking for information about antimicrobial use, asking for our help to be either their data analyst to get the data together for them or their advocate in order to discuss that data and to demonstrate to the rest of their supply chain why their data is okay or if it's not okay, what they're doing to improve that situation and to really stand alongside our farmers in that kind of role. I think we've seen that, but we've seen it over and over several times and we're going to see it more. So we now see things like uh, Animal Health Pathway coming along where vets are being asked to you know, go on farm, collect some samples, create some data, um, create some advice. And yeah, we've had herd health plans and other things like that, which are a form of data as well. But it's just ever increasing i suppose we go back far enough we, we can all have you know james harriet viewpoint of farm animal veterinary where you just drive around and see some sick animals and jab them with something miraculous and, and they get better and there certainly doesn't seem to be enough lot of paperwork involved in that or data involvement with that the world is different now our farmers are having to justify to their onward supply chain what's happening on their production units And we as vets are very well placed both to help them advance where they need to advance, but also to stand alongside them and justify on the basis of animal health and welfare, why certain medicines have had to be used, why certain production methods have had to be used and what's best for the animal out of all of that, so that the supply chain doesn't put too much pressure back on that situation to the detriment uh, of the animals. Yeah, and no, I think that the farm vet's role within this supply chain at whichever stage we sort of get involved with is going to become a bigger and bigger part, whether it's just the beef and sheep grow, which is now red tractor and having to have a signed health plan all the way through to some of our more challenging um, milk contracts with the extra jumps that they put in place for those extra pence per litre. So I think that is definitely taking up more and more of our time and it's then how we change our business plans to allow us to charge for that or at least the farmer to perceive value as you said right at the beginning yeah you know i've never really been a big advocate of the or we just charge for us talking you know for our consulting time i equally find that difficult in practice and i i think it is more the well when you have something in your hand that you are genuinely working on with the farmer and the farmer can see that it's perhaps even happening on the farm or you're working through something together I still see vets as people who wear wellies and overalls or 
uh, waterproofs as opposed to shirt and tie necessarily. So I think retaining that practical knowledge of what's happening on the farm, retaining a lot of the practical and technical jobs, either as the vet or within the vet tech team in the practice, but then also having the organization, the standardized versions, all of the data and the uh, workflows within the practice in order to have at our fingertips the things that our clients need is, well, as far as I can see, the icing on, on the cake for veterinary practice and as a veterinary profession. I think it's where we're going. I think the vets who are able to achieve all that are those who will survive in farm animal practice. And those who don't have that ability won't get the clients who need that from us. I mean, perhaps there are still part-time farmers and hobby farmers who really, as far as they can see, only need that sort of vet who comes now and again and ticks the boxes and treats the sick animals. There's fun in in that work. There's enjoyment in that work. There's nothing wrong with it. But I I think there are farmers who uh, ongoing are going to need their vet to be at that level of organization offering that kind of service. Or if they can't find that within their veterinary practice, they're going to find that from some other service provider, I suppose. And I think it would be a shame if as farm animal vets, we let that go to some other service provider and we don't retain that ability to have that influence on animal health and welfare and protecting what we set out to protect in the first place. And it's interesting that you say about, you know, well, we need the extra vet to give us the time to then do it, but equally you can spin it, but equally, you know, with the saving time that if you get yourself organised and work out how to do this, you can save yourself. So is that typical sort of chicken and egg scenario, I guess? And that's certainly what we're trying to do through technology and through software. Our software is designed to connect in with many of the existing systems. So we've got several practice management systems that we connect with, um, around 20 of those in the UK, never mind the ones that we connect with in other countries. There are some of those that we do a full two-way integration with. We then connect with data from uh, traceability systems, government systems, from milk recording, uh, some veterinary laboratories send data into us, a lot of farm management softwares, either directly or through other service providers sensors and so on and we're always working at that side of the business to bring in more data connections we do a lot of standardizing of that data we get that as close to right as we can and we're always working on that you'll know uh, just as well as i do that vets are particular folk when it comes down to you know we've all been through fairly rigorous education uh, i suppose so uh, everyone likes their eyes dotted and t's crossed particularly when it comes to data that you're presenting to your client you want it to be right and at the same time, some of the data that we work with can be ropey in behinds and we, we make the best that we can of it. We set the systems up to be based in the real world. So, you know, we can handle calving dates coming with slightly different dates, perhaps from different systems, maybe a day or two out coming from government systems versus milk recording versus farm software. So the system will handle that kind of thing. Uh, We handle all the different ways that vets like to sell things in practice management systems to standardize that back down to something. We then help the vets use it, whether it be on the farm, in our mobile app, helping them to make the best decision beside the animal, collecting more data on top, or preparing that data to go back out to where you need it to be as part of your service to your client. So we have data going back out to... um, AMU calculators for Westland and beef. Um, we've got one for 
bets in Northern Ireland for that as well. There's one coming online for, for Scotland in the future, we expect. We also connect with Medicines Hub to send data uh, through to there if that's where your client needs it to be. And even back to farm management softwares is another place that we can send data to. Uh, all of that, of course, only happens when the correct permissions are in place. So be it permissions from the vet practice or the you know corporate vet practice owner or individual vet practice owner, um, but also permissions from clients uh, in the correct place in order to allow their data um, to flow. And when data like that does go, we try to send it across at the minimum level that's required to meet the purpose. Uh, so, for example, when um, medicines are going across to Medicines Hub, it's the date of the purchase, the standardized name of the medicine, the standardized quantity that was purchased, but nothing else, you know, not pricing or even how it was broken down into different quantities, you know, whether it was sold as mills or sold as a bottle. None of that kind of information goes. It, it's just what's needed to meet the needs of the farmer at that point. And I think that's what farmers would have us do as well. Yeah, that's really good to know. And uh, you just mentioned there some of the work with the, the beef and lamb stuff. I wonder, as the farm vet, you know, we're very dairy orientated here and often it's relatively easy to get dairy data. I wondered if you could talk a bit on the beef side of things. Yeah, certainly getting data from your suckler or beef farms hasn't been something that we've really engaged with so much uh, in the past as, as vets, but even just having animal numbers and traceability data that gives you perhaps calving dates, dates on and off the farm of particular animals, whether they're bought in or homebred, how long the calves are being kept for. Obviously, in that kind of situation, getting weights on top of that is a great advantage. Um, sometimes the farmer has those. Sometimes a vet tech service can be built around that in order to be weighing animals and generating that data and having our system to put it in. With even those simple metrics, being able to examine over the course of 12 months compared to when the bulls went in or AI started, and then what kind of crop of calves have been produced uh, maybe in blocks uh, from uh, the you know the start of the calving period and comparing that with when the seals are and having the weight of the calves, then you can also talk about, well, what, what total kilos of calves were available at the time of the seals and how optimized was that? for getting the best price per kilo uh, for that farmer. That entire discussion then means you're talking about getting cows into calf in the first place, having them in good condition to get them into calf, bull fertility to make sure that that's uh, optimal and when to check the bulls beforehand. Then you're talking about having easy calvings and having good number of live calves on the ground, lowering mortality as much as possible around calving and straight after you're into the calf care and you know, preventing infections, preventing pneumonia, preventing diarrhea, and then into the rest of the calf's life, encouraging a good a good growth rate there, parasite control. You're suddenly into the entire annual uh, veterinary involvement right across the farm, just from having animal numbers and weights. So it doesn't take a lot of data to back up and to maybe give you as the vet the confidence to have that kind of discussion with a farmer. Really, what a lot of those suckler and bee farmers are looking for is uh, what's the low-hanging fruit? What are the main risks that I've got? What can I avoid in large blocks? And then just starting there with whether it be parasite control or vaccination or easy calving or having everything right to make the, the pregnancies happen in the first place. 
you could have hours upon hours of conversation over the space of a few visits or whatever uh, and really build both a service around that and build a relationship with that client um, that cements them to your practice ongoing. Yeah, no, that relationship definitely with the, the beef clients that you don't see as regularly as the fortnight PD session is really tricky one. And if you've got something to take with you, I think it would massively improve your confidence to have those discussions. So here we are in 2023. What do you think the, the future holds? What's the next steps? Yeah, I certainly see um, that role of the farm vet continuing to evolve we very much do see it as standing still in the same position alongside the farmer, as we always have, you know, as the farmer's friend, essentially, to some extent, but certainly their valued service provider and a trusted advisor. And if we can manage to package that up as part of our service to the farmer in the right way, so that we certainly don't, I don't think it suits the vet to be in the position of the police in the way that perhaps a farm quality assurance organization or something, some other authority like that, or someone appointed by a retailer coming out to the farm to do inspections. Uh, I think in that situation, a farmer sees us standing alongside them, having the answers, having the data to respond to the needs of, of their supply chain and helping them to achieve as farmers what they want to achieve in terms of maximizing their production, maximizing their business and at the same time, having the lifestyle that they want for them and, and their family. And I think they think that vets understand that. And we do. We are in constant contact with them. We see a lot of different farms that we can bring ideas to them from. And generally speaking, they trust the advice that we give them. I think continuing in that, I'm not by through our business really looking to change anything about a vet's position in respect to the farmer. But I think we do have work to do. And that's what we're continuing to do through our technology to bring vets into a position where we're actually capable of responding to that and making sure that it's not an area that we lose to somewhere else. A lot of that is involved around the data. It's something that vets do find a a challenge. You know, we probably do find situations where perhaps our tool has the dials to allow a vet practice to um, standardize their data or improve the standardization of their data, but perhaps they've not quite worked out how to use those just yet. And then something that pops out the other end is 10 mils out or 100 mils out or whatever it is, it could be much more. The system is there to help that. It might involve iteration and going back and refining uh, some of that and twisting some of those dials to make the data come out as accurately as you need it. But I think sometimes we are a little bit too worried about that last mill or the last I being dotted and T being crossed and remembering that the conversation that we have with the farmer about how to improve for next year could actually be the most valuable part, regardless of whether the last mill is correct. That's not to say that the onward supply chain understands that. And I think that's something that we have to shout about really to the rest of the supply chain and explain that the relationship between the vet and the farmer and the ongoing work and the ongoing improvement is a very important piece of their future as well. And by us having the technology to have the data organized in the first place, be using it on a daily basis, build in that value of the data because if it's used every day in terms of our services to the farm, then it's got a high degree of correctness built into it from that. It's contemporaneous type type data that hasn't just been made up for the inspection the night before. It's data that has been ongoing um, and I think it has a high value because of that. 
And really, if the uh, onward supply chain then realizes that we as vets can take their producers forward with every new, whether you see it as legislation or every new step forward into a better way of producing food from animals, um, that we as vets have a strong part to play in that, in, in helping farmers achieve that, then I think the future is bright for farm animal vets and for our profession. And I think the chance of the rest of the industry seeing that is increased if we can uh, be organised enough to be able to show that to them. Yeah, you mentioned um, one of the points of how to, I guess, get the most out of the, these opportunities was to use it regularly and to make sure the data you're putting in is correct. Are there any other hints or tips into how the vets that are using it get the most out of it? Yeah, I I see uh, we have a range within practices of practices who really get it as an entire team where basically every vet in the practice is using it and making full use of the range of modules and features that we have down to the other end where we've maybe got one vet in the practice who's really interested and then other vets who haven't quite worked out how it fits into their day. It was really important to us right from the start that this was an everyday thing for vets, something that you took with you as an app on a tablet or something like that. Um, We've got vets who use it for their diary at communicating with their PMS perhaps and you know sharing that back and forward we've got vets using it as their their delivery note uh, their delivery book putting into it the, the treatments and the examinations that they've done and out of that fall, falling almost as a byproduct their their delivery note which is then going back to their PMS to do the invoicing perhaps also doing prescriptions and and labels and all of these workflow things but more than that Having captured all that data, and if your whole team is capturing that and encouraging farmers to connect their data to your system, you then end up with a huge body of very valuable data about your entire client base that you can use to not only provide extra services to your client, but to drive your business forward. To take some form of example, uh, to give you an idea of what I'm talking about, let's say you had data about the animals that are on the farm from a government traceability system, let's say you had milk recording data with cell counts and perhaps also some treatment data, your ability to then look at selective dry cow therapy as a service to the farm is certainly increased and your ability to understand as a practice business your sales of teat sealant is also dramatically increased. Or looking at, let's say, vaccines and pneumonia, if you had uh, the samples that you sent off that are relevant to that, if you had calf mortality figures for let's say calves leaving leaving the farms between, I don't know, six months and 18 months of age. And you also had then data about antimicrobial, respiratory antimicrobial use on that farm. Even without the individual treatment records, you're able to form an opinion from that body of data about the issue of pneumonia on that farm to add on top of your local knowledge that you've built up from visiting. And then to be able to pick out the top 10 or 20 farmers in your practice that could benefit from perhaps an evening meeting about pneumonia and calves, some advice about vaccination, and suddenly your practice business is again doing better for having the right product product in the right place. Your farmers are doing better in terms of the losses from their business and your input to them and your, your personal impact has automatically increased as well. So I think there is this idea of, a you know, there's a win-win-win to happen right up the chain, um, whether that be how consumers and society views uh, food from animals, 
right through retailers and processors to the farmer themselves and then to the vet, to the individual vet and to the vet practice. Um, I think all of those uh, layers can win whenever vets are enabled to do their job to the best of their ability. Okay, well, I think that's a great positive uh, ending that it can help with all these these different layers that now the vet's job is, you know, quickly developing into. So thank you very much. Very welcome. Thanks, Kat. Thank you for listening to today's edition of Cattlecast. As ever, if you have any questions or comments, please get in touch. And until next time, stay safe.